You're listening to Shows That Shaped Me, a podcast by What's On Stage. This week's guest is stage and screen actor Alfred Molina. On screen, his credits include Raiders of the Lost Ark, Boogie Nights and Spider-Man 2. In 1980, he earned an Olivier Award nomination for Best Newcomer in Oklahoma at the Palace Theatre. And his stage roles since then include Speed the Plough at the National in 89, Art on Broadway in 98, and Tevier in Fiddler on the Roof in 2004, for which he received a Tony Award nomination. In 2009, he played Mark Rothko in John Logan's Red at the Donmar Warehouse and won a Drama League Award for the production's Broadway transfer. He now returns to the role in the show's West End premiere, which runs at Wyndham's Theatre until 28th of July. Here is Alfred Molina. I think the most memorable production I was in, um, in my career, the most memorable, was probably uh, when I did uh, Accidental Death of an Anarchist by Dario Fo. At the old, what was the old Half Moon Theatre, which doesn't exist anymore, and this was back in the late seventies, and um, it memorable because because it was the first time I was playing an absolute kind of zonking lead role, and also memorable because of the building and just the the spirit of the time. There was something about. There was something in the air then about you know sort of political theatre and, and we were, I was working with a company called Belt and Braces which was a you know very groundbreaking um, theatre company at the time and it was also at a time when there was a lot of public money for theatre you know the Arts Council was going through a very generous phase and there were lots of small fringe companies around the country that were getting you know decent grants for projects and so on so there was a lot of a lot of new and innovative theatre going on. And um, Belt and Braces uh, was one of those companies absolutely in the forefront. The, the show was very physically demanding uh, on all the actors, but we were all young. And, you know, and it, was, it was one of those plays that it just stayed with me. And um, uh, the, the, <laughs> the one thing I remember about it was that it, I, I got, um, in those days there was a magazine called Plays and Players, which was a kind of trade magazine for you know, people in the theatre. And they used to have an award every year. And that year, it was 1979, I think, I won the Place and Players Most Promising Newcomer Award. And the prize was a year's subscription to the magazine. And three months after I won the prize, the magazine went bust. <laughs> so I didn't actually get my year's subscription, which kind of... Uh, sums up uh, fringe theatre in a way. <laughs> I would say without a doubt, the most memorable theatre production that I saw, um, again, you know, back in the day, was the um, original London production of Stephen Sondheim's Sweeney Todd. Um, Sheila Hancock, uh, Dennis Quilly uh, were the leads. And I had only heard Sondheim musicals on record up until then, and I didn't know very much about them. I, I, knew, I knew I liked his work. I think I'd heard Company, and I think I'd heard um, Follies at that point. But Sweeney Todd was was memorable because it was the most theatrical thing I'd ever seen. Um, the set was these huge hydraulic set that had all these moving platforms, and everything was kind of you know, tilting and the stage was moving and there was this incredible sort of theatricality about the whole thing and just fantastic music, fantastic 
performances and I'd never seen anything like it. And I, I sort of fell in love with the idea of musical theatre for a start, although I think I'd done a musical by then, but not really, it wasn't really kind of part of my everyday sort of working life. But that was, I think, the most, that was the one production that stayed, has stayed with me the longest. You know, I mean, there have been several that have kind of, you know, smacked me between the eyes, as it were. But that one, I just remember just as a total immersive experience in theatre. It kind of had everything, you know, right from the minute the orchestra played the overture, you just kind of, you were on this incredible ride, you know, for the rest of the evening. I know this sounds a bit fanciful, but I, I've always thought I would love to have seen the very, very first production of Hamlet, you know, back in the day, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen the very first performance of Hamlet and just to see what, what that must have been like, you know, to see, um, to see a Shakespeare play in Shakespeare's time. Get in a time machine, go back, go back to the 16th century and see, and see the very first. You know, I, you know, I tell you why it's why it kind of appeals to me is that I, I believe, I think, or I like to think that that actors then probably had, you know, a different vocabulary, different jargon, obviously, but probably the same anxieties, you know, the same concerns, the same worries, the same, you know sort of slightly fearing the audience, but at the same time wanting to be in front of them, you know, all that. I, I'm, I'm sure the work itself, the work experience or the experience of acting, I don't think has changed that much. That's what, that's what I like to think. And, and uh, the idea of understanding what those actors were going through that first day, you know, when they did Hamlet for the first, not knowing whether it was going to go down or not, not knowing if the audience were going to like it or not, you know, I, that, I think that would have been pretty amazing to see that. There are a couple of actors who I really, really admire and, and who I think are just brilliant at what they do. And I would, you know, I would love, you know, for instance, I would love to work with Mark Rylance. I think that would be an amazing experience. I think he's probably you know, the nearest thing to a perfect actor that we've got. Uh, I'd love to work with him. Uh, and uh, I would have, you know, there's, but, but there are so many. I feel I feel kind of a bit sort of churlish about sort of you know, uh, pointing him out, but he's the most obvious one. I think. Thank you for listening to Shows That Shaped Me, a podcast by What's On Stage. If you've enjoyed listening, please do subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss a single episode.